and build each other up just as, in fact, you're doing. He's encouraging them about encouraging them because he really wants them to encourage each other. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's so re- repetitive, and he's letting them know they do it well, but you need to do it better. Uh, and so that's a, that's a great principle. It's for the good. We do so much to build ourselves up. And that's a, you know, we talk about ourselves. We may have to validate ourselves, but if we're really focused on the other person, we're going to have good, good communication. Welcome to the Center Memphis podcast. I'm your host, Brantley Davidson, and I'm joined by Executive Director of the Center Memphis, Howard Graham. The Center Memphis, uh, as you've been hearing, exists to define reality and offer hope for leaders in Memphis. And we meet uh, weekly in group sessions in person um, or via Zoom to talk through leadership topics as well as offer one-on-one individual sessions to discuss through unique issues or opportunities to help you lead in your day-to-day. Uh, in addition, we release content throughout the week on our website, which is thecentermemphis.org. Um, and you can find all of that content as well on various social channels, on our Instagram or our YouTube, which are both the Center Memphis. Um, so please, uh, you know, as you're listening um, and, and, uh, and taking in all of our content, visit our website, sign up for emails or those weekly group sessions um, or maybe even a one-on-one. Um, and be sure to follow us on our various social channels as well as to subscribe, rate, um, and uh, uh, like this podcast on whatever platform it is that you choose uh, to tune in from wherever you are. Um, Howard, this week we're discussing communication and how we can have the best um, understanding of our mission and values and purpose, but if we fail as leaders to communicate that, it leaves a a massive gap, um, and there are some big problems in our ability to not communicate well. So let's dig in and, and discuss what some of those problems are from a communication perspective. Yeah, great. Uh, yes, we just see that, right? So many executives and even family leaders, every part of our life, we can, we can understand our why, our purpose. We can know our vision and values. Uh, we can even understand our talents and gifts and how to build strategies from those that, that lead to a better life, that lead to a better organization, that lead to better product design. It doesn't matter, all those things. But if I, we can't communicate one-on-one and in, uh, in, in mass communication, then we'll fall short. Uh, as Lencioni calls it in his book, Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Executive, he says to over-communicate is that third one. If you have all these other things right, you've got to be able to over-communicate in different in different mediums, but uh, so many executives uh, lack that and say they don't know if their organization knows how to communicate uh, its value correctly. Well, so there's different types of communication, right? Absolutely, and you have to be able to communicate in mass and email. That's why we're doing this, by the way. Right. We're following that. We're following that. Uh, what Lynchioni uh, encourages people to do: over communicate, and that includes in different methods and mediums and so our podcast is one of them a good one because it's conversational and we're going to get into that in a second uh certainly even tv commercials we reviewed in the in our uh, sessions just some of the best that bring a mission out uh and we see that in mass communication and email and all sorts of ways you can communicate and then one-on-one of course is one of the most effective uh but we have problems even in that as so much of our conversation is competitive rather than having a true dialogue where uh, people can learn. And so what do you mean by that, that our conversation is competitive? 
yes, you think about it. Like how much when you're in, in, in and by the way, for a, a 13 year old uh, boy or girl, it's 99% competitive, but they don't even, <laughs> I went on spring break and we went to the beach. You don't even get beach out. And uh, everybody said, well, we went here and we went there. And, they, and, and uh, you know, if I get to drive around kids and listen, for sure, that's what you hear. But even as uh, this conference we did at uh, Wonderman one time just really showed us and uh, studied over 70% of executives as they're listening to someone else, uh, as they're, as they're, as they're can, uh, having a conversation, they're thinking about what they're going to say rather than really understanding the other person, which then messes up what you're going to say because you're really t- many times, think about it, how many times you're talking about different things. Yeah, I think uh, I liken that back to one of the early days of marriage counseling for me was just being able to actually hear, like, and understand, like, okay, if I'm really communicating and trying to communicate with my wife, it's actually saying I hear you, and being able to really even restate it back. Like, oftentimes, I get in trouble with my wife Katie, where I'm just like sort of nodding and and not really communicating. I'm not really in the conversation, and there's no way that I could even summarize back to her in my own words what she just said to me. That's right. That's right. Happens to us, and and so there are four kinds of communication uh, that are out there, even in your one on, even in your you know personal communication, and and uh, we're seeing you know we always at the center. We're saying what are good basic mm-hmm. business principles. What we're learning from. Uh, leaders, and at the same time, how can we tie it back uh, to the Bible, and then we know we can validate it. But um, there, is a, there are four types, and they range from competitive to cooperative on one axis, and one way to two way on another axis. And and there's there's always there's a time for each. Mm-hmm. But uh, a diatribe would be a time where it's one way, and it's expressing emotion or anger. Uh, Jesus did that at the temple. You know, you're you're making my father's house a, a den of robbers. Uh, and it's supposed to be a house of worship, and he just let, let them have it. And that's a one-way diatribe. Another one way would be a discourse, a sermon, or a speech, a great mm-hmm. motivational speech by a company executive. Mm-hmm. Or even a, a parent can do that. Hey, kids, we're headed this way. Right. Or, hey, honey, let me tell you how much I love you. Uh, either parent can do that anytime. So there's a discourse one way, but it's cooperative, and it's for the good of the other person or people you're talking to. And Jesus did that at the Sermon on the Mount. It's a great example, maybe the best. And then debate. There's reason for that, to go back and forth. We covered great debates in our, uh, in our weekly sessions and, and what one people thought were great examples. We hadn't seen many good political debates lately, <laughs> but we see there's time that you want to hear uh, two points of view and go back and forth, especially if it's for good for both parties. Uh, that, there's really a good time for that. I think Jesus entered into debate with the Pharisees, and you know, you've heard it said this, and it really— but really this. And so convincing them it's not about the law and religion, convincing them it's about love over and over. But where we should spend most of our time, maybe 80% of our communication should be this way, in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm taking up too much time already. That's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> but a two-way dialogue uh, to, to exchange information and build relationship. That's where you're going to build trust when you have dialogue. Yeah, and so just a quick recap, those four, we went through discourse, diatribe, debate, and dialogue. And even the way that we are sort of working together to define what good communication is, is that it is relevant dialogue with those who you love and serve. Howard, how do we do this? To have relevant dialogue, to see, to know that what you're saying really matters to the people you're saying it to, and for it to be for their benefit. 
we've come up with our four keys. And you can find other places for more, but I think it boils down to this. And this is what we've been learning uh, this week at the center. But one, to listen. And we're going to break these down, I know. But two, to make it for the good of the other person. How much are we, when we're talking for ourselves, <laughs> we'll see, not so good. When we, we're locked into what they want or need, we'll know whether to listen or we'll know whether to, to talk. And if it's for their good, to over-communicate, to know there are lots of ways to say and do things that are for communication. And then the classic check for acceptance. Hmm. No good salesperson leaves something without checking for acceptance. No good wife or husband doesn't <laughs> leaves a conversation without checking, hey, are we on the same page? So all those things. And we'll, we'll talk about all those a little deeper. But certainly listening is the beginning. Yeah, and it's listening sort of feels like and seems like it should be really the foundation and bedrock for what we're talking about with good communication. That's right. And our God does that for us so well. He listens. He hears his people's cry. He knows what we're thinking before we, he listens to our thoughts. Mm. Uh, we're not able to do that. Uh, but God's word tells us in the book of James, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Uh, listening is loving and caring. I mean, you know, we could go confessions here all day. I, I have not <laughs> been the best listener. I, even, even our work life together, I, you know it. Uh, it's an area I can certainly improve, but this is convicting and helpful uh, to know to listen to others. Yeah, and I think that's where on the, the point on competition, if we're constantly thinking about how we're going to win or what we're going to say next, how we're going to, say something that's the best, the next right thing, yeah. we fail to listen. Yeah. Just that's how we connect sort of like the stat that Howard was talking about from a competition perspective. If we really are trying to be good communicators, we're literally saying and and possibly even making the case that the Bible is giving the principle to say that you can't communicate well without first listening. Jesus listened providentially by unknowing exactly who we are and where we're going. Yeah. And he listened to his people while still knowing them. Yeah. Ask him questions. It's the first disciples uh, that followed him. He said, what do you want? He knew what they wanted. He wanted them to express it and bring them along. Uh, so listening is love and care for others. And this quote by David Mathis is just, uh, it's, it's just, it's just really impacted me heavily. Um, and he has an article on, on uh, listening that we're going to cover a little bit more, but poor listening diminishes another person while good listening invites them to exist and matter. Hmm. I love that. Good listening invites someone else to exist, which is exactly what God does for us and exactly what we can do for someone else. And that's somebody who's in need. He says in the article, you can follow ministries, following somebody to the bottom of their pain, but it's also just a way to let them know they matter. And that's true in work life. And mm -hmm. that's true in uh, every area of your leadership life. It ex and, 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 and we think about maybe this is somebody we're serving, but, but also you're serving up. Mm -hmm. uh, CEOs, one of the guys in the session said, all I do is listen to CEOs. And then I, and then I get to tell them what I think they need. But li listening, let somebody know they matter. So, that is a really impactful quote. And if we're talking through this definition of communication, 
and loving and service. I guess my question is how do these principles impact your everyday work life? It's good. And I'm, I'm going to give the rest of his rest of that. David Mathis, he had, he had six points on, on how to listen. And you can Google that at uh, uh, listen lessons and good listening. Uh, David Mathis, desiring God, but a, it requires patience. We have to slow down hmm. one two, and his points are really two and uh, four here. It's an act of love and it's a ministry to actually take some time to listen to somebody. And it, if listening is the bedrock of communication, then the, then the method of that is ask perceptive questions to, to really ask and care, and that prepares us to speak. He said, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give it to you, but if you're, if you're locked in on somebody else's needs, your mind and your heart and your spirit will help you know what to say back and prepare. And then it reflects our relationship with God, as we've already mentioned, uh, that he does that for us and we can do that for others. But you ask. <laughs> you yeah. did ask to start. I wanted to cover those principles. How does it really play out in everyday work? And it, it does in a review, for instance, a review you do with uh, an employee. So down, downstream, somebody that you serve and works with you or for you, is a, a review should be 80% them talking. If it's set up right and they know what they and you know what the objectives are, then how they do and they're going to get there on their own way better than a diatribe of you telling them. So listening to them and then asking perceptive questions will lead a person a lot further. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the other thing that I was even thinking of with that um, from a communication perspective, particularly in that principle of of asking perceptive questions in a one on one basis, like you're just talking about. Or even in a context of being willing to ask questions to know how, as leaders, we get better. So some companies do that through surveys. Some do that through polling the kind of next um, uh, foundation of leaders. And then it's willing to say, if I'm going to ask good questions that are going to challenge me as a leader, it's been willing to then say, when I hear their feedback, uh, am I willing to then take that and change how we're leading or what we're doing and letting that communication process be a foundation to even evolve what we're doing as a company. Yeah. Yeah. True listening will lead to action. Yeah. For lead to know it, not only being willing to to change, right? That's That's communication as a foundation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's been no better case. We talked about how it does works for those you serve, but also upward. Yeah. Extraordinary executives, uh, Steve jobs, you know, how many people really know that he was not for phones? Not, he didn't want to do. He didn't want to do a phone. The most important device that ex, that exists at Apple today, probably it connects the rest. Uh, he didn't want to do it. Uh, he thought phones were for nerds. First of all, that all the phones <laughs> that used to exist on people's belts and he did, wait, that's not cool. That's not cool. Uh, pocket, Are you sure? He thought they were like pocket protectors. It's not cool at all. <laughs> Wear four phones on your belt. I can remember a guy I worked with had four Motorola phones on his belt. Yeah, that's but, that's really cool, actually. So it's, it's not. Um, but so he didn't like that. <laughs> And then, even further, he didn't. Once he decided to do one, and they, uh, he didn't. He didn't. A famous Adam Grant has this on Harvard Business Review, and it's a great article. But he didn't want to have an. He didn't want to have any developers involved at all. So there wasn't going to be an app store. There wasn't going to be any code development. It was going to be all Apple based because that was one of their values or closed in system. And so, in this article on Harvard Business Review, Adam Grant really takes through how they did it. 
But they, you can let a stubborn person seize the reins and let a know-it-all explain it. They did it through questions. Questions like, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you mean we can't make a phone that's cool? <laughs> you mean we can't, our design people can't, you know, they were afraid, afraid that music and computers were going to merge in the middle of a phone and they were going to get left out. So they challenged jobs that we, we can't make a phone that's better and we're not going to allow others into it with a, with a, with an app store so we can have a collaboration we're not going to be collaborative and he did it and of course in nine months there were like a you know a billion downloads mm. uh and 10 years later there of course three trillion <laughs> yeah in sales uh but they did this through asking questions letting him be the expert and then his final reason not to do it apparently was that the carriers would never let him do it they crushed palm and their 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 uh, efforts there and he said we can't make something so good and you know, letting him take total control that the carriers wouldn't would have to let it, have to change their policies, procedures, and ways they work. And sure enough, they did. And uh, I think the carriers are pretty happy too with all the data downloads since then. <laughs> yeah, that story definitely is going to resonate with a lot of folks because we sort of grew up with it. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely don't e- maybe didn't even know that backstory. You yeah. just accepted the technology and enjoyed to leverage it over time, but to know that sort of within that story, there were some principles of communicators communicating up really well in a way to lead towards a vision. That's right. That's right. right. They had a vision for transforming what cellular devices could do in the marketplace. Yeah. Take, they were bought into his vision. He created the vision. Think different. So we can't even think different about a phone. We can't. That's right. And they just constantly challenged him and allowed him to create the solution because he was the smartest guy in the room, but they asked the right questions. That's one way to. That's one. That's one great way to communicate. So we've. So if asking questions is one great way to communicate, in closing, are there a couple other sort of ways of communicating that we should close in? I think so. I mean, I know so. so <laughs> if I, uh, obviously, I'm listening to you. Yeah. Uh, Good. So listen, and part of that's asking questions, obviously, and then it has to be for the good of others. It hmm. Has to be. Uh, the Bible says, encourage one another just as you are doing uh, in Thessalonians uh, 5.11. Uh, and so Paul in that, I'll read the whole verse, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. He's encouraging them about encouraging them because he really wants them to encourage each other. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's so re- repetitive and he's letting them know they do it well, but you need to do it better. Uh, and so that's a, that's a great principle. It's for the good. We do so much to build ourselves up and that's a, you know, we talk about ourselves. We may have to validate ourselves, but if we're really focused on the other person, we're gonna that's gonna have good good communication. Hmm. And then the the other the other points of Lynchoni, uh, of him saying of extraordinary executives to over communicate. So it's method, it's repetition. It's not just saying the same thing over and over, but that's an important part of it. It's saying it in different ways. It's saying it in different methods. You might send out an email, and then you know the employees you need to check with. Yeah, Communicate you, about what you're going to communicate about. Yeah, in advance to get feedback. Yeah. yeah, How good is that? That's right. To listen to them before you put out the big statement yeah. so it covers it. Right. Um, so before you make a big declaration, it works really well at home too. That's right. Kids, what do you think about this? Yeah. And you know where you're leading them, yeah. but you're going to know their, their problems with it in advance before you make a declaration. And would you say within that example, the over-communication, I sort of categorically even have folks that I check in 
to make sure that before I communicate it is how I'm communi- planning to communicate it the right way to communicate it. It's not a large group of people, but it's a couple of really trusted folks, you know, you being one, you know, folks in the workplace that I really trust that hold similar values and maybe even are part of my leadership team to say, hey, is how we're going to communicate this the right way to communicate it? You yes. need some accountability. That's that little cycle, right? So there are four things. There's listen, there's yeah. asking questions, there's making sure it's for their good already, there's over-communicating it. But part of that is to have these cycles of communicating it and then checking for acceptance on the front end. Yep. And then when you've really communicated it, of course, the final is to check for acceptance. So I'll just do that with you right now. We'll wrap this up. What are the four keys to good communication? <laughs> yeah. Uh, li- listening is the first one for sure. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. I'm checking for acceptance. That's what yeah, friends do. You're checking for acceptance. I'm, I at least know the first one is listening, so I'm going to hit on that one. That's for sure. <laughs> and they're making sure it's for people's good. Yeah. The second, yeah. making sure. Over communicating uh, it and then make sure you check for acceptance. Yeah. 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 So we tested that. Yeah. That's but listening has been the primary focus today for sure. And, you know, we've definitely been hitting on that. And I do love the verse that you integrated into sort of those four principles of you know, building one another up as first, first Thessalonians five eleven, encouraging one another, building each other up just in fact, um, you know, as you are doing. All right, Howard, what are we talking about next week? Attributes of a leader and that we can grow in them. Some say leaders are made, not born or born, not made. Either way they're made because you're made as you're born and, but you can keep getting better. What are the attributes and the sharpening of the saw? What are the things we can do to keep growing as a leader? What are those attributes? That's what we'll be covering. So, Hopefully today, as we've discussed these topics and really thought through communications some principles for you as you're leading um, in your in your day to day, whether it's in your um, you know your your marriage, uh, your your relationship with your children, or in your workplace, that it, it gave you some food for thought and some ways that you can think through how to improve communicating and even apply this um, every day. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll um, touch base with you here in the next week or so. 